Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode contains distressing themes and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. On this episode of They Walk Among America. Located in the heart of the Pocono Mountains in northeastern Pennsylvania, Coolbaugh Township, Monroe County, is a quiet rural area with easy access to major cities like Philadelphia and New York. The picturesque landscape of the Pocono Mountains and state parks offers thousands of acres of woodlands, fields, trails, and lakes. It is the perfect location to get away from it all, especially for those anticipating the end of days. You know, people are asking me when they should run to the mountains. Time, the Lord's going to start his judgment on earth when these beings arrive. Tell them to prepare to leave the cities and head for the mountains, head for safety. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Nina Instead, and welcome to Episode 50 of They Walk Among America, a joint production between the Law & Crime Podcast Network and They Walk Among Us, the award-winning true crime podcast. Shortly after 2.20 a.m. on July 15, 2017, Poconos Mountain Regional Police Officers Corporal Stephen Mertz and Detective Corporal Lucas Bray were dispatched to a studio apartment in the Coolbaugh Township of Monroe County, Pennsylvania. A 911 call had been received at the dispatch center, and the distraught caller could barely explain what had happened as she sobbed and screamed down the phone. Now on, where's your emergency? Okay, I need you to calm down. What is going on? My boyfriend! Oh my god! He's dead! He's dead, please! What room of the house was this at? We share a studio. Tell me what happened again? He grabbed the gun, pressed this trigger. He had it pointed at himself? Yes, yes, he did. He grabbed my hand and I pulled it on accident, but it was his hands on it. The caller was 42-year-old Barbara Rogers, and she said she had accidentally shot her 32-year-old boyfriend, Stephen Minio. Barbara begged the dispatcher to tell her it was a nightmare, but even after she was handcuffed and placed into the back of a patrol car, reality had not sunk in. Officers entered the property through the door at the back. What Barbara had called a studio apartment was actually a converted trailer attached to another home. The small building had just a bathroom and one other room consisting of a kitchen, living, and sleeping area. It seemed as though the couple were still unpacking from a move. Cardboard boxes and storage tubs were piled against the wall. 
The officers found the victim at the back of the room, propped against the bed with his legs crossed and his arms at his sides. Blood was splattered on items behind him, and there was an obvious gunshot wound to his forehead. He was slumped back with his head on the mattress, and a 45 caliber Glock with a box of ammunition was found a few feet away from his body. As crime scene technicians began to survey the scene, Barbara Rogers was taken to the Poconos Mountain Regional Police Station for an interview to try and determine what had led to Steve Mineo's death. Barbara Rogers agreed to a voluntary interview with Detective John Bornman at the Pocono Mountain Regional Police Station just over an hour after the shooting. It was close to 4 a.m. when the interview began. After waiving her right to legal representation, Barbara started to relay the events that preceded the fatal shooting. She said that things had been hard for Stephen in the past few weeks and he had been arguing with people online, causing him to have suicidal thoughts. Barbara said they had gone out to a bar for a few drinks that night, and when they got home, Stephen asked her to come outside with him so he could shoot his gun. When they got back into the house, Barbara said that Stephen had come over to her, put the gun into her hands, and wrapped his own hands around hers before pulling the muzzle against his forehead and telling her to pull the trigger. She said he was asking her to kill him, but she didn't mean for the gun to go off. Barbara said that Stephen had been going through a tough time because he was arguing with members of what she described as an online religious cult, a cult run by a woman named Sherry Schreiner. Sherry Schreiner was a middle-aged woman from Ohio who ran a weekly radio show and numerous websites. Born in 1965, Sherry's self-endorsed biography states that she graduated from Kent State University with degrees in journalism, political science, and criminal justice. Raised as a Christian, Sherry Schreiner claimed that she began having visions in 1994, and in 2001, she said that she communicated with the Lord, who told her that she would be his mouthpiece on earth. She established a blog and social media presence in 2003, something she called self-therapy. In a blog post, she said, I can write my thoughts down, and I don't have to listen to someone disagreeing. Schreiner wrote about how she had been told by God that she could decode the Bible to uncover secrets and predict the future. She also said that she discovered that she was the granddaughter of King David, a biblical figure who slayed the giant, Goliath. In her videos and radio shows, Schreiner spoke about the existence of aliens and UFOs as agents of the devil. She was extremely vocal online about conspiracy theories surrounding 9-11, the New World Order, the war in the Middle East, vaccines, and reptilian shapeshifters who inhabited three out of four people walking the earth. It's critical mass, folks. It's critical mass time. One in four humans is real. That means three out of every four is fake, or they have alien DNA. 32-year-old Stephen Mineo was from North Arlington, New Jersey. Stephen's parents split up when he was in his late teens, and he and his brother continued to live with their father. His relationship with his mother, Donna, became increasingly estranged. 
Donna said that she was in an abusive relationship with Stephen's father at the time, so she left, but her sons did not want to speak with her much afterwards. Shortly after his mother left and the Twin Towers fell, Stephen Mineo became enthralled with the online community of so-called truthers. As he was scouring the internet for proof of his unconventional beliefs, he stumbled across Sherry Schreiner, steadily building a dedicated group of supporters. Stephen spent more time online. He was rarely employed and struggled to make friends when people didn't quite understand his urgent preachings about the end of days and how everyone needed to get right with God before then. Sherry Schreiner and her followers had created an online space to draw connections between a mixture of belief systems, such as biblical teachings, the Illuminati, aliens, and interdimensional travel. They would repost news articles and point to blurred footage as proof of shapeshifters. They held controversial opinions about incidents such as the Sandy Hook shooting, in which 20 children and six adults were shot dead at an elementary school. Sherry Schreiner openly admitted that she believed the mass shooting was staged. Sandy Hook is labeled as a false flag by conspiracists and theorists, an action attributed to a person or group with the intent of deliberately manipulating the public perception so that they will believe there is an outside threat. She also preached about clones and reptilians who had replaced celebrities and members of the government. And so what happens to the human is they're like an, an onlooker. It's like you're in your body, but you have, you're watching from a distance. You have no say in what your body's saying, what your body's doing, it's doing its own, has a life of its own, because someone else is in charge of it. Someone else has taken over your body, and you're like an observer just sitting in the back watching everything. That's what it's like. So I've heard. And so a lot of these people, especially the kids who get soul scalped this way, end up going into uh, this neutral dimension. The father lets them go there. I call it the fifth dimension. Uh, and he protects the kids there. You know, I, I was there in 2012 and I talked about 500 of them. Uh, and then they all went to heaven. They, all, they went on to, the, uh, to be with the Lord. Uh, Miley Cyrus was there and a bunch of Hollywood kids. I saw Justin Bieber there, but he did not go. He wasn't there at the time. I was there speaking to the kids. He was there at a separate time. I was there to see Miley about something. Uh, he's definitely controlled. Uh, Justin Bieber uh, was taken over uh, by a, a, a demon with red eyes. And I'm not sure even now where, where Justin is. I'm not sure. He's not in, in heaven with the others. And so, uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff goes on in the background. And I, I want to read this scripture because people want to know why I spend so much time exposing aliens, my Oregon war against them. Everybody laughs and they mock, oh, Oregon, Oregon's witchcraft, Oregon's this, Oregon's that. When I asked the father how it could destroy the strongholds of Lucifer, he led me to Oregon. He led David to pebbles and David killed Goliath. He led us to this and we're killing aliens all over the planet. These beliefs held by the self-proclaimed critical thinkers were openly accepted by people like Stephen who began to see Sherry Schreiner as a messenger of Yahshua, the Hebrew name they used to refer to their God. Schreiner's own blog lists her as a prophet, seer, ambassador, messenger, and daughter of the Most High. Stephen saw her as a maternal figure, 
something he had been missing throughout his formative years. Steve and I met back in, what, 2010 when I came on Facebook. Steve sent me a friend, a friend request because I don't friend request anybody. If you went on my Facebook list, you have to send me a friend request and, and then I'll decide if I let you on or not. Back when I met him, he was he was a mouthy kid. He was, he, he was a couple years older than my own son and he was just a kid. He's just a kid to me. You know, I thought he was about 20, 21 years old. Of course, when I heard the, the police report stating he was 32 years old, that kind of shocked me a little bit. He's older than I thought he was. I thought he was a little bit younger. That's all right. Uh, and, and he was, he was, uh, a, a, you know, a fighter. He was all into this, oh, we're going to start a second American revolution. And <laughs> he was always going out instigating trouble. That's what Steve was. He'd, he'd go out and put upside down flags on, on telephone poles and get in trouble with the police and throw a fit because he was taking garbage out of the dumpsters and getting cited for that. And I remember one time he contacted me and he said, I'm not, I have a court date and I'm not going. And I said, they'll put an arrest warrant out for you. And he said, I'm not going to go. And he's spewing off all the reasons he's not going to go. And I'm like, Steve, stay out of jail to fight another day. Pick your fights wisely. Don't, don't cause unnecessary trouble with, with the local authorities. You know, I, I was kind of a mother to him. You know, I, he, he's a young kid. He's a mouthy. He calmed down a lot over the years. And, and the uh, last several years, as we were doing with our Oregon War, he loved the Oregon. He liked getting it out. Stephen Minio became one of Shriner's Oregon warriors, her most dedicated followers who would undertake missions to distribute homemade desks made from clear quartz crystals, metal shavings, copper wire, and resin. Based on the ideology of William Reich, a psychoanalyst who believed that Oregon had healing and protection properties, Schreiner stated that God had told her that Oregon could be used to ward off and destroy evil entities. He was in the Oregon, considered Oregon, hanging out with the Oregon warriors. You know, they call us the Oregon warriors, we call ourselves Oregon warriors. The media wants to think we're a cult, but we're going with ancient energy. They can study Wilhelm Reich, who they threw in prison and destroyed all of his work because President Eisenhower commissioned Reich to find a way to, de to destroy aliens and UFOs because they discovered there was a problem in America. There's UFOs everywhere. And so Wilhelm Reich rediscovered an ancient energy called ether energy, and we call it orgone energy. Sherry Schreiner sold Oregon on her website and asked those who could not go on missions to spread Oregon to donate to the cause instead. Many of her online followers sent money or offered their time, hoping to get closer to her inner circle, who were given the title of Angels in the Flesh or the Elect. Schreiner claimed that she was being targeted, and hers was the second name on President Obama's hit list. She said she watched the skies over her house at night as UFOs were destroyed by the organ she had scattered around her property. Schreiner also wrote a book where she claimed to have interviewed Satan while he was held captive by God. Running themes throughout her online sermons included theories such as Hillary Clinton was a clone, that babies were being eaten and sacrificed by members of high society, that people were being held in underground bunkers, and that staff at the Pentagon ate children on their lunch break. Stephen 
was a devout follower of Shriner's teachings. He spent years of his life spreading Shriner's preaching on radio shows and writing for her blog. Her group of followers became his closest friends and his social circle, who he spoke to daily from his father's house in North Arlington, New Jersey. Stephen's social life consisted almost entirely of online interactions, so it was no surprise that Stephen met Barbara Rogers on social media. Barbara Rogers had spent eight years in the military as a supply clerk before the birth of her third child, at which point she began exhibiting signs of psychosis while stationed in Germany, and she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. She was medically discharged from the military, but she continued to have visions and a feeling that she was being persecuted by demons. Barbara had married while in the army, but her relationship with her husband, Joel, broke down in the years following a suicide attempt. Joel continued to care for their children, and Barbara had an intermittent presence in their lives. Barbara had an interest in spirituality and paranormal beliefs, and she discovered Sherry Schreiner's channel in 2011. Unlike Stephen, Barbara was a casual spectator and was not very active in the group's online or offline activities, or so-called missions. That was until 2016, when she began speaking with Stephen online, and they quickly developed feelings for each other. Barbara traveled to meet Stephen at his father's house in New Jersey. She had no responsibilities or work tying her anywhere while she received a disability pension, so she moved in almost immediately. Stephen had been looking for love, and he felt as though Barbara was the literal answer to his prayers. She was his first girlfriend. Stephen's father did not warm to Barbara during the month she lived with him. He said that she would never greet him, smile, or engage in conversation. She also drank frequently and was untidy. When Stephen's father and brother relayed their concerns to him, he wouldn't listen. He was in love. Stephen remembered Sherry Schreiner's preachings about the Poconos Mountains, and with the lax gun laws in isolated areas, he decided it was the perfect place for the couple to move to. Uh, his dream was to, to go to the Poconos. I had mentioned, I was talking about safe areas one time. When crap hits the fan, when safe areas to live in, and I'd mentioned the Pocono Mountains. And then from that point on, that was his dream to go to the Poconos. They packed up what belongings they had, including Stephen's survival equipment, weapons, rations, and anime figure collection, heading for Coolbaugh Township in Pennsylvania in February 2017. 661 Laurel Drive was a sectional trailer, much like a studio apartment and Stephen called it the Pocono Resistance Headquarters. Although Stephen made some money selling refurbished electronics, Barbara's Social Security and pension paid the rent and the bills, so they were free to dedicate their time to serving the Lord and listening to Sherry Schreiner's online radio show. Stephen spread homemade organ around the property perimeter, and between his own blog and sharing Sherry Schreiner's teachings, the couple kept to themselves. Stephen told Shriner's followers all about Barbara, who he called his wife, and spoke about how much he loved her 
and how she was going on Oregon missions with him, but he did not get the enthusiastic response he expected. Uh, and so we had a pretty good relationship over the years, but this year it got really, really strained. Really strained. And some of you might remember, as he made those videos for me last year, and, and, and they were nice. He put a lot of work and effort into those, and, and he met Barb. And, and nobody was paying attention to this bar. I wasn't paying attention to it. I was happy he found somebody he liked, whatever, blah, blah. I didn't know her. I just heard the name. But on Facebook, we have a chat group. And there's about ten of us grannies in it. <laughs> it's like a sewing circle. We just didn't talk about everything. And Steve was a part of it. And he didn't hang in there out every day like some of us do. Steve was a night owl. He'd be up all night. Me and him would chat about stuff during the night. Because uh, he kept the same kind of hours. He slept all day and stayed up all night. But he brought this Barbara in there. And this was the first time we really was like, okay, who is this, you know? And I never talked to her. I never talked. And she, was, she never came in there when I was in there. So more reason why it lagged on and, and no one had confronted her about anything because nobody really knew her. Nobody was talking to her. Nobody was. She was staying hidden in the way, way background. And that's why I didn't have any issues with her because she never opened her mouth at that point. But then we started noticing some of the stuff she was posting on her Facebook and some of the people and associations she had in her friends list. And it was like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Something is really not right here. And when you look at her pictures, she had no light. She had no aura. She's like a dead carcass. It's like, what's that about? And I recognized some of the names on her list, which was red flags for me because I knew they were super soldiers. And I, I recognized one of the names in her friend list because it was a super soldier that had been assigned to kill me several years ago. Stephen saw the group as his family and closest friends, and they seemed to have no interest in his happiness. However, they did take an interest in Barbara and suspected that she was evil. In April 2017, Barbara posted a stock photo of steak tartare, a raw meat dish, Alongside the caption, this is the best thing ever with cut-up minced garlic. I just crave raw meat all the time for some reason. I know some are grossed out by it, but it's a delicacy for me. Eventually, this post was brought to Sherry Schreiner's attention, and she began to tell her followers that she believed that Barbara was a witch or a vampire. And she posted this post about craving raw meat, and this ghastly picture of raw hamburger meat with some other things, but most notably off to the side of it was a pile of feces. Yeah, yum. That sounds good. Feces and raw hamburger. And I knew that was a Wiccan Satanist kind of picture. Uh, because there's only certain types of people who crave raw meat because they crave the blood. And that's those with the vampire demon in them. I'm say looking at witches at the higher levels. You're looking at Satanists. You know, it was alarming. It was like, what the heck? Who is this girl? I mean, witch shows they have on TV. They don't show you the real side of witches. And I was seeing all those signs in her. And it's not too far-fetched to think that she was sent to Steve to destroy him. Steve wasn't hiding the fact that, that he was looking for that perfect girl. And, and he thought Barb was it. Going to be the answer to his prayers. I'm saying, Steve... She is not God's answer to your prayers. She is dangerous. She's going to destroy you. She's going to consume you, and then she's going to move on. She's targeting you. He wouldn't believe it. 
he wouldn't believe it. You know, I'd been like a mother to that kid for eight years. And, and he turned around and he became so hateful and vindictive against me. How dare I insult his wife? They weren't legally married, but they were just considering between themselves to be married. And so that threw up another flag. Is she married already and just on assignment? Does she have kids somewhere? Is she just going to uh, destroy them in, in two or three months and then leave? I didn't think they would be together that long. Stephen could not believe that the people he considered to be his friends and family, the only people who truly understood his beliefs, were now insisting that the woman he loved and called his wife was a super soldier vampire witch who had been sent to kill him. After over a decade of loyalty, Stephen was horrified and felt as though he was forced to choose between his prophet and mother figure, Sherry Schreiner, and the love of his life, Barbara Rogers. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stephen spent weeks trying to reason with Shriner and her followers to prove to them that they had it wrong, that Barbara was not evil. He even recorded himself putting Oregon on and around Barbara to show that she did not die when confronted with the proclaimed miracle weapon against evil, but Schreiner just insisted that Barbara was more powerful than they thought. Stephen told the others, Oregon kills them. The Heavenly Father knows that she's not reptilian. We've been friends for a long time, and I always supported you. Out of all due respect, I do take offense to this. Stephen knew that Barbara was not a reptilian, or a witch, or a vampire, or a super soldier, but the woman he had spent half his life supporting was telling people that she was. If Sherry Schreiner had been lying about Barbara, Stephen realized that she could have been lying about a lot more. For 14 years, Stephen had dedicated his time and money to supporting Sherry Schreiner, and he readily accepted her word as gospel. In May 2017, a few days before Schreiner accused Barbara of being a witch, Stephen began receiving troubling messages on his Facebook page. One read, We know who you are. We've been watching you for 12 years. We are Shaz's friends. We like to keep tabs on you because we know you are a violent kid. We know where you live. We will get your wife and feed her to the Queen Shazurazi. Shazurazi was supposedly Sherry Shriner's angel name, bestowed on her by God. 
The others in Shriners chat group seem unfazed by the threat, and more threats followed along with photographs of Stephen and Barbara's house. Stephen was concerned enough to report the harassment to the Pocono Mountain Regional Police, and a patrol officer was assigned to look into the threatening messages. The officer concluded that the threats were likely benign. It did not seem plausible that someone would take Stephen's common-law wife and feed her to a YouTuber, but Stephen was not convinced. At the time, Schreiner had told him that she would ask her father to protect him, but once Stephen sided with Barbara after Schreiner accused her of being an evil imposter, he felt utterly isolated and paranoid. Everything Stephen held sacred was beginning to shatter, and he did not know what to believe anymore. Stephen wanted to show everyone that Sherry Schreiner was a fraud, and he began planning a video series to expose her as a false prophet. I've been talking about for 15 years. Uh, you know, people call me a false prophet. Well, what have I ever said that hasn't come about, that hasn't been true? You know, if, if you're going to call me a false prophet, you better have some serious charges because you're just liars. Everything I've ever said, I've been talking about this stuff for 20 years, is exactly what I've said. Back then, everybody called me crazy. The UFO lady, and now look, look at YouTube. Type in reptilian hum humans or reptilian shapeshifters or cloned humans. All this stuff comes up. This is stuff I've been hammering about for over a decade. Stephen wanted proof that Shriner was a hypocrite, so he contacted a private investigator to go to her house in Carrollton, Ohio, and record her. But Shriner was elusive, and Stephen could not afford to spend thousands on a surveillance operation. Within days, Stephen released a video on his own YouTube channel denouncing Sherry Shriner and he set about contacting others he knew who had been accused of being reptilian or some other non-human entity by the Oregon Warriors. He told them about how upset he was to have everything snatched away from him, and he even spoke about the depths of depression it was taking him to. I had suicidal thoughts. I felt like killing myself over this. I felt like killing myself because of her. On the day before the shooting, Stephen posted on Facebook and said that he was watching the movie Resident Evil. Quote, These apocalyptic movies give you a glimpse of what's coming. Become a prepper and get right with God. The following day, the couple woke up late as they usually did, and Stephen spent the evening arguing with Shriner and her believers online. Barbara asked Stephen if they could get out of the house for a while, so they went down to their local bar in Tobihana, called Lombardi's, and had food and a few drinks. They sat at the bar until last call, and Barbara asked for a Bloody Mary. Once they finished their drinks, they made their way back to their apartment, and Stephen said he wanted to practice shooting at the tree line at the back of their yard. Barbara agreed to go with him, so Stephen took his Glock and took aim behind the shed, firing two shots into the woods. He asked Barbara if she wanted to fire one, and she was hesitant, but eventually relented and fired one shot. It was around 2 a.m., and Barbara and Stephen went back into their house. Someone used voice activation to tell Stephen's phone to play the Billy Idol song, Eyes Without a Face. According to Barbara, Stephen walked over to her, held the gun to his forehead, and told her to shoot him. He took her hands and placed them on the gun, ordering her to shoot. She insisted that she did not mean to and that his hands had been on the gun, and he was urging her to do it. 
Investigators were not convinced by Barbara's account that Stephen had forced her to shoot him after being excommunicated from Shriner's cult. Over the seven-hour period in which she was interrogated, Barbara Rogers slowly began to accept the version of events police suggested matched the evidence. She ultimately agreed that she had put the gun against Stephen's head and pulled the trigger. Pocono Mountain Regional Police Chief Chris Wagner said, At this point, we are still looking into what the motive is. What we do know at this point is that Barbara Rogers had the gun in her hand. She placed the gun on Mr. Minio's forehead and pulled the trigger. Certainly, every case is specific as to what the motivation is and the circumstances around it, but it is not very uncommon to have a domestic relationship go bad and result in a homicide. Barbara Rogers was charged with homicide and held in Monroe County Prison without bond. They know I'm a legitimate prophet of the Most High God and that I see things. I speak for him, and it terrifies them because I can tear anything that they say out of the water. You know, I saw what happened in the apartment that night with Stephen. The Lord showed me parts of it. It was brutal. It was not a, oh, I was so upset, kill me. And she said, okay, honey, sit still, and pointed a gun and shot him. It didn't happen like that. Really, you want people to think that? That he was so distraught because he found out I was a reptilian? <laughs> that he that he said, please kill me. Steve was not suicidal. He had so many things he wanted to do. He was happier than a bug in a rug living in the Poconos. It was his dream to go out there. And who made it happen? She did. She did. Because it was all premeditated. She was going to take him out there and kill him. And she did. And I warned him about it. You know, it's more than just a mother's instinct or just a, a basic common sense instinct. It, it's the fact that I had the father telling me things about her as well, folks. And I tried to protect him, and it, she got him. She got him. You know? He wouldn't listen. Within days of Stephen's death, Sherry Schreiner began publishing radio shows claiming that not only had she predicted that Barbara would kill Stephen, but also that she had been shown how he was killed in visions given to her by God. How did it start? Because she was what I kept warning him she was. You know, in some of her pictures that she posted, her eyes were in slits, and that's typical of reptilian possession, and that would give her superhuman strength. Steve couldn't get away from her, because when the demon manifested in her, that, that if it was the demon or the lizard, she had both. He, he had, he, you know, a human's no match for that kind of supernatural strength. They were in 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 bed, and, and these are things the father revealed to me, that they were both in bed, and she was looking on her phone, and there was a, a I don't know if she saw, they were watching TV, and it was, they were watching the Resident Evil series, which, by the way, is about super soldiers, who happened to be on Barb's friends list at the time, before she got rid of her to hide her. Uh, but they were watching, they had been watching that movie, but she, she, either way, on her phone, or whatever, she was sitting next to Steve, and she saw blood. And she got all excited. Ooh, blood, you know. And and her face contorted and that demon started manifesting in her. Steve looked over and he saw it. And it terrified him. Terrified him. And she was uh, startled that he saw her, but she knew by then she she couldn't do anything about it. He already knew. And then he yelled, uh, Sherry was right about you. I should have listened. And it threw her in a rage. Threw her in a rage. And she jumped up at him and stood on the bed and, and he, 
he yelled. I'm not going to say he screamed, but he screamed, he yelled, and he started to run to get away from her. And she, that thing at this point, because it was no longer her, knocked him down. Uh, it feels to me like she was beating him up pretty good. Because he couldn't move. He was crawling across the floor to get away. And she ran and got her gun. And he was in, I think, the kitchen, trying to get to wherever the door is, trying to get to the door. I think she shot him in the leg because I see him running and then fall. And I, I think she shot him in the leg. And then when he was on the floor, she walked up to him and he was begging for his life. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. And she said, F you. She put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. Stephen was killed by a single gunshot wound to the head, fired from his own weapon. Schreiner also claimed that Barbara was a super soldier witch, assigned to kill Stephen by Mike Pence, and that the Barbara that was in custody was a clone. Mike Pence was mad at me for having that video out about Tory Smith exposing Mike Pence for his child trafficking in Indiana. So, so Mike Pence got involved, and he was the one involved with that whole nonsense with uh, uh, setting up Steve to be killed. And I knew about it, and, and I tried to warn Steve. That woman was a witch. The whole thing was a setup. Yeah, and it goes right back to Mike Pence. They'll never put me in PA at that trial in a million years. They haven't even contacted me. Don't you think if her whole defense and excuse was uh, Sherry Schreiner was uh, bullying? <laughs> Sherry Schreiner had a cult online. And they can't produce one email I ever sent her, one message, because I never talked to her. And she's saying I was bullying her? Really? I don't know. I haven't even talked to the woman. That was her defense. They had to get away from bullying a cult. We don't even have any messages from us to them. And, and, and who? A bunch of grannies? We were warning Steve that woman he with was no good. She was going to hurt him, kill him, get away, and leave him. And what'd she do? Yeah, it'll never see the light of the day in the press again. I'm really surprised. Just like three different, two different Steves involved now and like three different barbers. The psyop just keeps getting worse and worse as I, I'm, I'm tearing it apart. Schreiner insisted that Stephen did not want to die, but Stephen was not the first of her followers to become suicidal after being excluded and harassed by the cult. And he was not the first person whose death was labeled as part of a psyop by Sherry Schreiner. 20-year-old Kelly Pingilly lived in Redford Township near Detroit when she first found Sherry Schreiner's show in 2010. Schreiner had written online that she needed someone to transcribe her weekly online radio show, and Kelly offered to help. Kelly quickly became one of Schreiner's most devoted followers and even went on a mission with Schreiner and others to New York, where they believed there was an alien lair beneath the city. Eventually. Kelly became convinced that she too could speak for God, like Sherry Schreiner did, creating a rift between Kelly and Schreiner's followers. They didn't like that Kelly seemed to be putting herself above their leader, and a torrent of online harassment followed. Schreiner's followers said that Kelly was an evil force who had been tasked with killing Sherry Schreiner. On December 28, 2012, 22-year-old Kelly Pingilly left a note on her pillow that read, I'm off to fulfill my destiny. I don't know when I'll be returning. She then drove from her home to Waterloo State Recreation Area near Jackson 
and swallowed a fatal dose of sleeping pills. She was found in the fresh snow by a family the following morning. She was still wearing her organ pendant. Kelly's brother Nate was a vocal opponent of Schreiner's teachings, and when he heard of his sister's suicide, he spoke out. Nate told the Daily Beast, Schreiner fills people's heads with delusions of grandeur, tells them they're really angels with magic powers in human form. Part of why my sister killed herself was to reach that next level of spirituality. She was convinced in her suicide note that she was off to fulfill some great destiny. Others who knew Kelly felt the same, that Schreiner had led Kelly to take her own life. Family friend Deborah McCorkle told the Detroit News, Kelly didn't hitch a ride on a spaceship. She didn't die peacefully. It was a cold and silent death alone in the woods. She was looking for God and Schreiner steered her into some weird crap. But Schreiner believed that Kelly had been murdered by a NATO death squad. On Stephen's blog, Schreiner wrote, she didn't give up without a fight and they left all the fake evidence. NATO is involved. Obama is on the march, folks. If you're not with him and the alien new age, you're against them. They have their lists and they're going to work on them. Kelly's death is a wake-up call that they are after Yah's people. Schreiner used Kelly's death to promote her beliefs, just as she did after Stephen's death. We stopped talking together. I couldn't get through to him. And started making hate videos against me, trying to think of every snide comment he could come up with, every stab, every dig. Just He wanted to hurt me the way he thought I was hurting him. It must have hurt him very badly, the things I was trying to tell him about her, because he was full of rage, just full of rage that I would dare say something about his wife. And he couldn't believe it. He didn't think it was true. But on that night, she shifted in front of him. Boy, he saw it then. You know, she's also stating in her police reports that we were stalking and harassing them, which wasn't true. Where's the evidence? I never spoke to her one time. There's no there's no phone calls. There's no texting. There's no Facebook messages. She sent me a Facebook message once, and I wouldn't even read it. I wanted nothing to do with the witch. I wasn't going to entertain her. I never once contacted her. And since May, I haven't even talked to Steve. So how can she claim that we're stalking and harassing them and they can't get away from us. We're the ones who can't get away from them. They've sat there for the last month just putting up one hate video against uh, against another, pulling in people to lie. They pulled in a clone. The one person on their one video is a clone. The real one died two years ago. The problem with clones is they don't know they're clones. Still playing the role, but that one's going to end soon. And he was probably working on a few more. She wanted them to keep the videos going because she was furious. You know, she, according to her, I made her life a living hell. Because when I outed her for what she was as a witch, vampire witch super soldier, it made her have to work harder at her image to maintain her image as a Christian girl. Because that's what Steve thought she was. You know, Steve wasn't involved in a cult. And I'm not a cult, and I'm not a cult leader. And so I want to set that straight because Barb is trying to settle up her defense because everything she said was a lie. Barbara Rogers' trial began in March of 2019. Before the jury were sworn in, Barbara was asked if she wanted to accept a plea deal of third-degree murder, 
which would mean she faced a 10 to 15 year sentence. Barbara decided to risk going to trial instead. The prosecution said that Barbara felt trapped in her relationship with Stephen, and while he was drunk and under the influence of Kratom, a herbal supplement with amphetamine and barbiturate-type properties, she used his gun to kill him. Stephen had been shot in the forehead at close range. There was a mark on the entrance wound that was consistent with the weapon being against his skin when the trigger was pulled, and a Glock 45 has a mechanism that prevents it from being accidentally fired so someone had to have pressed the trigger. The bullet had passed through Stephen's head and was found embedded in the mattress, indicating that he had been sitting on the floor when he was shot. The angle of the bullet wound suggested that Barbara had been standing in front of him when the gun was fired. Two psychiatrists examined Barbara Rogers for the prosecution. They believed that Barbara did not suffer from bipolar disorder, but a personality disorder with narcissistic features, a preoccupation with herself, emptiness, and a lack of empathy towards others. Barbara's defense attorney said that Stephen's death was an accident. The defense brought in a firearms expert named Emmanuel Kappelsohn to testify about the fact that the shell casing had remained inside the chamber after Stephen was shot instead of falling out as it usually would. He said that he believed that the shot had been fired while the muzzle was against Stephen's forehead, but it was likely that Stephen's hands had been over Barbara's hands, and he had pushed her finger against the trigger. The position of his hands on the gun would have caused the casing to stay inside the chamber, so he believed the evidence supported Barbara's account of what had happened. The defense contended that Stephen was suicidal as a result of the turmoil between him, Barbara, and Sherry Schreiner's group. The trial lasted less than a week, and after nine hours of deliberation, the jury returned with a verdict. Barbara Rogers was found not guilty of first-degree murder, but guilty of third-degree murder. Pennsylvania law dictates that a third-degree murder conviction does not require intent to kill, but malice in that the accused knows that their actions pose a threat to human life. On June 10, 2019, Barbara Rogers was sentenced to 15 to 40 years in prison. The bizarre reptilian cult aspect of the case meant that Sherry Schreiner gained more notoriety as Barbara Rogers' trial began. She started a Patreon subscription service alongside her website sales of Oregon and a GoFundMe, generating tens of thousands of dollars. In January 2021, Sherry Schreiner suffered a fatal heart attack, but her devoted followers insist that she was taken by God for another purpose in the fight against Lucifer, aliens, reptiles, and demons. Her websites are now run by her daughter and closest supporters. Barbara Rogers' defense attorneys filed an appeal following her conviction on the grounds that the court did not offer involuntary manslaughter as a charge. They did not allow her to use a diminished capacity defense without admitting criminal liability. And the court denied her motion to suppress the statement she made to police during her interrogation. Barbara claimed that she was highly emotional and sleep-deprived during interviews with the police, and she was under extreme emotional distress, 
which meant she was incapable of overcoming what the defense contend was police coercion. The appeal states that no one in her mental and emotional state could have formed the requisite mindset required to overcome the coercive nature of an in-custody interrogation and voluntarily make a statement to police. Barbara did not inform the police of her bipolar diagnosis until two hours into the interview, a long time after she had waived her Miranda rights. They also did not perform a blood alcohol test after she disclosed she had been drinking that night. Barbara Rogers' sentence was affirmed in February 2021, but she is awaiting a second appeal hearing in early 2023. This episode was researched and written by Eileen McFarlane. Editing and scoring by Corey Hiltman. Script editing, additional writing, and production direction by Rosanna and Benjamin Fitton. For more on our series and notes on this episode, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. And for more on the Law and Crime Podcast Network, please visit lawandcrime.com slash podcasts. This has been They Walk Among America. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you for listening, and please be safe. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.